her point is this that our life is pretty much the sum total of our relationships whether those are our relationships with our loved ones or people at work whether that's interpersonal personal professional social commercial any kind of relationship and that's usually what bothers people or or is the root cause of grief in most people's lives you could be doing chanting you could be meditating and so on and yet you still feel out of control at times you still feel challenged or you still feel those things that you do leading a normal life when you don't know what to do i think the most helpless feeling one can experience is to not have control on oneself it's a, a very weakening feeling when you don't want to be a certain way when you don't want to think certain things when you don't want to be a certain way or do certain things and yet you find that your mind is not listening to you and then then you question everything naturally you you feel why uh, why am i unable to do this and the question was how to rise above it i have shared it many a time in the past as well that first is commitment to a virtue we can't just practice virtues of let's say compassion empathy charity and uh, kindness and so on whenever we want instead we have to make a commitment that i am going to do it anyway not because i want to or don't want to because i've made a commitment so that commitment to virtues is how you build your spiritual capital and as i was saying a couple of days ago the more spiritual capital you have the better you can deal with challenges in life second is acceptance it is the understanding that a everybody has equal right to life b it is not necessary it is not necessary that my way is the right way it could be the right way but to think my way alone is the right way it's the greatest mistake you can make that's usually the root cause of all conflict in all relationships when you think but i know this is how it's supposed to be done why he or she is not doing it this way red flag how do you know who has told you that this is the way or the other way is wrong if we are going to judge people we are going to be more and more disturbed a non judgmental life is a peaceful life then you don't 
enter into conflict with other people. Remember this, some of the conflict perhaps is going to happen because conflict makes you strong, conflict makes you aware, conflict makes you alert, conflict makes you grow. If a tree wants to go up, its roots needs to go down. But that's only part of the conflict, partially, somewhat. Rest of the conflict people engage in on a daily basis is completely unnecessary. There is no need. We spend too much of our time trying to change the perspective or perspective of other people or the other person. Thinking, if he or she could think like me, life would be a breeze. And the trouble is, the other person is exactly thinking the same thing. Harmony is when you can um, move along with somebody like uh, tracks of a train. They're going. They know at times they have to crisscross when the train is going to change. There is some infrastructure there. That also is okay. But then they honor each other. To be able to give that personal space, when we start to dictate or feel the other person should lead every aspect of their life or lives the way I deem fit, that's usually con when conflict arises. There is no conflict if other people or the other person keep doing what you want them to do. If you ask them to do something and they say, yes sir or yes ma'am, and they do it, you'll say, lovely person, such an adorable person. If they say yes to everything you are saying, you will think very highly of that person. And if they say, no, but I disagree, then the real test happens. What do you do then? Do you go, <laughs> and you just <laughs> walk away? Or do you confront? All right, let's see who's got more power. Or do you start, you know, arguing or fighting? Most of that is unnecessary. And I've always held this view, you know, ever in my career of roughly 15 years, I don't ever recall ever having an argument at work with anybody. I don't know how I managed it, but that's the truth. I never had to argue with anybody. I would say this is what I think needs to be done. And they would say, but I think we need to do this. And I'll say, okay, if you're willing to take responsibility of this, I'm okay to go your way. Let's try it. Usually people only want the reward, not the responsibility. And then the person would say, but uh, you are still accountable for it. Fine, if I'm accountable for it, then I recommend we go this way. Or I'm happy you take the project. There is plenty of opportunity in the world. I don't have to do this project. I don't have to run this division. I don't have to work for this company. I don't have to have this client. Fine, you take on, I'll leave. Because at any point in time, 
two things were always very important to me. Peace of mind and excellence in everything that I do. But my sense of excellence does not mean the other person is a non-performer. My sense of excellence does not mean what the other person is doing is not perfection. It is merely my interpretation, which could be different. To be able to see truth from the other person's eye is the greatest uh, learning, reward, virtue you can adopt in your life. There will be no conflict then. It's not that you will never have a tense moment. You will. It's not that you won't have an, a disagreement. You will. But it won't be a conflict. And I don't ever recall having any argument ever at work. At home, I just had, up till last year, I could say I never had an argument anywhere, disagreement with even my father. But recently I had, and he was saying something first time. And I said, you are being unreasonable, I feel. That's all I said. He said, I don't think I'm being unreasonable. I said, that's what I think. And the next day he said, yeah, I'm sorry. I said, no problem, no need to say sorry. I was just simply expressing. I didn't say, but how could you think that or this is not right, that's not right and so on. So there is a manner of always communicating what you... This is the most I had in an argument. I gave that example. Ever. The most. This was just about the ever I had. Out of the ones I can disclose, I miss. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. So there, I never found the need to enter into conflict. Because I am clear about my principles. They apply to me. They don't have to apply to other people. And if other people are not living their lives by those principles, that does not mean they are any lesser human beings. That simply means they perhaps know something that I don't know. And that really is the, is the basis of being at ease in your relationships. If you need the other person, then you have to live by their rules. If you don't need the other person, why are you complaining? Leave. Why make the effort to try to change them? They don't want to change, for example. You need them, then, well, put up or shut up. But they, they need you, for example. Make, ask them, do you need me or you don't need me? If they need you, you say, well, these are the things I need. If you can provide them, then I can fulfill your needs. Otherwise, sorry, I have to move on. If you are there in a relationship because you need them, I don't think we have much choice. And if, you're, if we will continue to battle that, oh no, but you must live like this, you must eat at this time, you must sleep at this time, you must sing this kind of song, you must listen to this kind of music, you must not put the wet towel on the bed, you must put the toilet seat down, and this and that and the other, and uh, you don't put your socks in your shoes and so on. It's just ridiculous. He never promised that I would not do these things if I marry you. 
Now you are saying that, no, do these things just because I'm now married to you. Is that a punishment? And on the other hand, if they say, now you can't go here, you can't go there, you must be home before 8 p.m. and so on and so forth, you can also sit down and say, look, I'm not exactly a cow. I don't walk on four limbs. You know, I'm a human being, I'm educated, I am as intelligent as you are, perhaps more. That's how I got you and you got me. And <laughs> so, therefore, you have to also provide what I need. Usually what happens, people start attacking each other. In their frustration, when conflict arises when you are frustrated, in your frustration you forget that why I'm actually speaking to this person to begin with. The idea of resolving any conflict, the fundamental rule of conflict resolution, and that used to be my specialization. So I used to be called in by companies when projects would go bad at the executive level, when the CIO would lose their job or the CEO would lose their job. So the fundamental rule of conflict resolution is very simple. First, let's hear them out completely. Maybe they have a point. You'll be amazed. If you really take the time to listen to somebody, it doesn't matter how absurd they sounded in the beginning, they will start to make sense. And that's why people buy all those products in infomercials at midnight. You know, you think of, of the most stupid product you can think of. Maybe a simple thing that they promise, if you do this, you will lose 20 kg of weight. In the beginning, you say, yeah, right. Half an hour later, you start to think, maybe you know, this product is actually going to work for me. And you end up ordering that product. So the fundamental rule of conflict resolution is learn to see other person's perspective. And B, don't lose sight of the fact, what are you there for? Are you there in a conflict resolution meeting to attain a certain objective? Or simply to bully the other person? Are you simply there to say, I told you so, and prove your point? Or are you there to make them realize something? Let me tell you something. You can never make anybody realize anything by telling them. Realization is an internal affair. What you can do is you can simply state how you feel and what you need. And then come to the negotiation table, what is doable. And the party that always wins negotiation is the one that is okay to walk away. If you are okay to walk away, you will always have an upper hand in any negotiation. In the US, this person the salesperson was super successful in selling insurance to, to his clients. And they asked him, what is the secret? He was like performing at 800% of his, in the industry average basically. 800% more than the industry average compared to his peers. He was doing 800% more sales. And they said, how do you do it? So the company organized for his sales pitches to be videographed. 
And in one of the videos, what they saw, he was presenting to to a group of customers, I mean, a company, uh, employees. And he not even once talked about the benefit of this insurance. He did not go into the features. He did not go into the premium. He did not go into that this will be the deduction, this will be your payout. None of those. Because remember, why are you engaging with an audience? Not to tell them what your insurance terms are. He did something very different. He started with the statistics that X percent percentage of people in the US die between this and this age. X percentage of people meet with an accident of this kind. And in that particular state, I think it was uh, um, Washington in Seattle, this happened, that, that these many people die every year. And these are the number of people who had to take out personal loan because they could not pay for their hospital coverage. They did not have Medicare. And that what is the most important thing to you? To be able to take care of yourself and your family. And who will take care of your family when you're gone? Or more importantly, who will take care of you when you meet with something untoward and, and you are still alive? In communication, if we are clear about why we are speaking to somebody to begin with, we'll always come out with something conclusive, we'll always come out with something actionable. If there is nothing actionable, the same conflict will happen again. If we hold a meeting and nothing has come out of it in terms of, okay, this is the next step, or this is what we are going to do differently the next time, nothing different will happen. And usually what happens in conflict, rather than focusing on what they should be doing to attain the desired outcome, people end up just venting themselves out and say, thank you, maybe our things will, things will improve between us. And then you cannot make the other person realize. If you tell somebody, you don't care, you are dumb, and you are not intelligent, I regret I married you, or I'm with you, or, and this was the worst decision of my life, and so on, or you just don't perform, you say to an employee, I'm sick and tired of you, I'm tired of your antics, and I'm tired of all the, your tantrums. You think the other person is going to realize anything when we tell them this? Instantly, they are going to erect the great wall of. Instantly, they are going to erect the great wall of. China. I was going to say Germany, but somebody said China. Fine, China is made in China. So, the wall is going, to, and then you can scream your lungs out, and nothing is going to reach their ears. And if nothing is going to reach their ears, nothing is going to seep into their hearts. As it is, it's very challenging because uh, God's given you two ears parallel to each other, in from one, out from the other. So as it is, it's very hard to retain information. And long back, I shared this sandwich method. Believe me, it's very effective. I'm not saying you do it 
as a matter of pretense. Pretense, but I'm saying you do it as a matter of yourself to look at the good the other person has. Consider the goodness of the other person. Make a note of it. Once you think that no more good is left in this person, I've exhausted all options, and I've come up with at least one thing, force yourself, think of one more good thing. Now, that's your beginning and ending. In the middle, you have to give the paddy. You have to tell them what is bothering you. Not what they are not doing right. Please understand the difference between the two. Not what they are not doing right, not what they don't understand, not what they are not doing. You tell them how you feel. And I've given this example numerous times in the past. To say to somebody you don't care, you come home late every day, and you're always working, you're always on your laptop, you're always on your phone, you're always on WhatsApp and stuff. Tell me, do you think they will stop doing that if you tell them that? Has any man ever stopped working just because people at home created a ruckus that you're always working or always on the phone? Do you think he has ever stopped? I'm yet to see that divine being. <laughs> they will keep doing. Can we make anybody stop anything by creating a fear in their mind? No, they will simply find ways to hide it. You can only change anybody with love. That emotional connection alone can bring transformation in somebody. So in the sandwich method, once you've thought of something great in the other person, which has to be true, don't offer false praise. That will not solve any purpose. See the good in them. They must be doing some things right in their life. Don't let one cloud let you tell that the sun is no good. And in the middle, you tell them how you feel. Rather than saying you don't care, you come home late, you tell them, I feel you no longer need us in your life. I feel that uh, I don't have any more role to play in your life. Let me know, do you, do you still want us? Or me? Now the other person will respond like a human without being defensive. And then in the end, you tell them something good about them again. That what you appreciate about them, what you like about them, and once they understand it, they will be more receptive to what you really want to communicate. When you speak, speak, speak so gently, so softly, so beautifully that they would want to listen to your scolding. So please keep on talking, we want to listen more. Believe me, it's possible. I say it from my experience. <laughs> and, and then end it. Always end your conflict, uh, conflicting conversation or whatever, 
on a nice note. Remember this. You can put up with a bad meal as long as the dessert is good. Serve them a nice dessert. That's how you're going to strengthen your relationship. And that's how you're going to rise above it. If you have a, an injury and you're, it's an open wound and it's hurting, you cannot rise above it. You have to either numb the pain or let the, that wound heal so that you're not constantly reminded of it. Similarly, either people become depressed and numb towards everything in life. They say, just, I don't care, whatever. That's numbness. That is not very pleasant. Or you have to find a method to let it heal so it doesn't draw your attention anymore. If, if something is hurting you, it has to stop hurting you. Or you have to not feel the pain. Or third is you really increase your pain threshold. In which case also you are transcending the pain by strengthening yourself. So meditation, chanting and so on are methods of strengthening yourself. So you increase your pain threshold. And practicing virtues in life, being more giving, being more charitable, being more kind, being more compassionate, is healing that wound. And taking a hard stance or practicing detachment is numbing the pain. And really there is not a fourth method that I know of. If you know any, keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. So that's the answer.